Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Caught offside. With Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside. Just outside of New York City. From an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Andrew, it's a, it's a late January, a gloomy late January day. But I'm, my heart has warmed somewhat this morning. Because uh, later on, after we record this podcast, which is a Wheel of Football podcast. One of, mm. one of our favorite things to do. Um, I will be shipping more T-shirts out to everyone, which I enjoy doing massively. CaughtOffSidePod.com if you haven't picked yours up yet. But there's news, Andrew. Breaking news, potentially. Breaking oh. rumors, I guess. Um, Ireland's search for a new international manager may be over. Uh, the rumors from reputable news sources like the Irish Times have Lee Carsley, the England under-21 manager, to be installed. Um, I honestly thought his next step would be club football. I didn't think it'd be a senior international job. It is obviously the country he played for. Um, so I've, I've, I'm ready to be hurt again. I've got a bit of hope there. Okay. Um, he's, you know, does under 21 management mean a lot these days? He won a European championships with England. I guess it means something. Um, but you're, you're almost dealing with senior pros at the 21s level. So, um, I'm excited again. Am I am I wrong to be excited? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. What, yeah, if, they, what if they had said, um, and Mourinho, Jose Mourinho will be accepting the appointment? Um, couldn't have afforded it. So it's not within the realm. Uh, it's of- not, I'm not looking for some answer on a technicality here. I just want to know. Let's say that they afforded it and it happened. I uh, want to know what you would, how you'd feel. Uh, I would feel that that's good in terms of our podcast. There'll be a lot more content, uh, Mourinho-based content. There'll be a lot more focus on the Republic of Ireland from us. But in terms of football, I would be expecting, if he plays dour football with good footballers, what will he do with League One and Championship footballers? I just want to say right now that if Jose Mourinho accepted the job as Ireland manager and you were not at least a little bit excited about it, you're either A, lying 
or B, you've lost your mind and you're crazy. No, and you're a crazy I would, person. I would be excited, but would the excitement be, uh, you know, from a football standpoint or from a, oh my God, this is just going to be crazy? It would um, be all of the above. Yeah. You'd, be a, I, you'd be nuts to not be on cloud nine. I can't wait for the first time that he drops Evan Ferguson. <laughs> Ferguson, he does not play. Well, we'll never know. Because, like you said, they can't afford him, and I don't even know if it, even if they could. Who, who the hell knows? Uh, yeah. This will be a fun podcast, like you said, a full, a full wheel of football podcast. I don't know if we've ever done one where I, from beginning to end. I demanded it, and I think it's the yeah. way to go. Yeah, no, I love it. We've got a lot of different, beautiful. Give us a flavor. Give us a flavor of of some of the possible categories. Yeah, go on. Well, how about we just surprise everyone? We'll spin it, and they'll just find out as we find out. <laughs> Is that okay? Okay, okay fine. Jesus. All right. Well, should we just get right in? I'll get get stuck in. Yeah. Two footed. All right. Well, here we go. Here's our here's our first spin. Ah. Oh, interesting. All it says is play the sound. <laughs> I, I can only assume that that means this. Now, are we sure that's a carabao? Because I pulled that off the internet six or seven years ago. What do you think that the animal has changed and they've evolved in the last several years and no longer make that noise? I mean, I I found a lot of subsections of that of that type of animal. So I I don't know. Am I getting the right carbon carbon nose? Well, also, yeah, I I mean, it's an energy drink, right? Remember, I bought cans of it and then uh, drank one in the studio and you wouldn't. I don't remember that. Yeah, you refused. You said, I'm not drinking that. And then you took a taste of it and you're like, yeah, I'm not finishing that. Yeah, I believe that that happened. I can't say I remember it well. I mean, a carabao is it a like is that a caribou? What we refer to as a caribou is it the same animal? Like some it's, kind of like it's like a reindeer, right? Is that like what a, I'm it's a bit more moosey than a reindeer? <laughs> Halfway between a reindeer and a moose. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we really know what we're talking about. I uh, tell you, but how you they do, got to become sponsor was amazing to me. It's just, what a, what a coup! It, just incredible. Um, we have our final. We have our final for the Carabao Cup, and it's going to be a couple of the Giants, Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, just a couple thoughts, I guess, on each of these games and and um, what the what it what this final means. First, for the Chelsea one, uh, they. Mm. I mean, boy, if there. I mean, look, if there was ever a time that a team and a manager needed a performance like that, Poch and Chelsea are it, and I think. Yeah, look, you you are good about keeping me in check when I start to float away and st- and become prisoner of the moment a little too much. So you can, I'll allow you to keep me in check if I'm going too far here. But I think a game like that for a club that was kind of in the precarious state that they're in right now, I think it's a little bit of a culture building moment. Oh, have, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, listen, you got a first, it's your first year with a new manager. You're horribly underachieving in the league. What's your building? You're you're horribly underachieving in the league. You're in financial danger, potentially. You're trailing going into a second leg of a semifinal to a far inferior opponent. Mm. It, there's lots and lots and lots of pressure on a team in a game like this. And it's one thing to win, but it's another thing to win with such ease that I think it allows all that to melt away and it gets you a day out at Wembley. I think that that was, that was important for Chelsea to kind of rise to the occasion the way that they did. Up six nil in the. I mean, I know that Burrow got one back six one, but basically it's six nil in the eighty eighth minute or whatever. 
they they desperately needed not just a win, but a game like that where they kind of remind themselves and everyone else, like, okay, we're still we're still good. We're still a good team. Um sure. I I it's a good it's a it's it's obviously a good win. It's great to win a semifinal and get to a cup final. It's it's larger meaning. I I don't know where I am with that. I know I you love to extrapolate things. Well, I just think that like the best and, and you you love oh oh are we at a turning point? No no no, they, I'm not saying the that. corner. You love this stuff. That's, I don't I don't I just don't see it. I think it's a game that they won and now they're in a final and it's good to be in a final and it's good to win a game. I don't think it's a harbinger, an indicator, um a a a a footnote, a anything. Think of what future. but just think about what the alternative would have been. Like if they didn't do this it's good to get to a final. Yeah, the alternative will be not but getting it, to a final. But I'm saying if they had be... lost to, but if they had not gotten to the final because they lost to Middlesbrough, right? I it mean, would, just further pressure on the manager. Sure. So in in one sense, it it uh, it eases the pressure a little bit. But they could go on and win the Carabao Cup, and yeah. it, and it could still mean absolutely nothing. We've seen struggling. Well, teams no, but but that no no no. If they win the Carabao Cup, it can't by definition it can't mean nothing. They well, have, it, they'll have just won a trophy. But yeah, but but you you're living in a world of where trophies re- matter. Uh, you, you, absolutely, they do. But you're in you're living in a world of of fixed realities where like you just something happens and that's that something and it lasts a long long time. When we know that it doesn't, it uh, no, you, no. You, it, it took it took seven days for Ayrton Hag's trophy to be erased. It took five months. You couldn't even, if you ask someone who won the League Cup last year, unless they're a United fan, they'd have to pause. It was, it turned out to be utterly meaningless. It was no indicator of them getting better down the line. It is just a nice thing that Chelsea have done right now. And if they beat Liverpool in the final, that might actually have some, like if they put in a performance and it's, oh, you know, we see, we see something in the region of what Pochettino wants to achieve with this side, then that that is a good thing. But this game against Middlesbrough, nothing. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a turning it, point moment. I'm, but what but what I said a few weeks ago... Culture building, you said. Well, because they've gotten to a final and they did so in a game where uh, there was a lot of pressure on them. Um, it was good. Considering the first leg, yeah, definitely. Because they were not good in the first leg. Um, but they, but even in the first leg, look at the chances they squandered. They could easily have run out three one winners in the first leg. Cole Palmer should have had a hat trick from in the first leg. Absolutely. So look, it's a win. It's it's they're into a final against Chelsea. This against must Liverpool. be against Liverpool. This must be the most jaded Chelsea Liverpool must be the most jaded final we could they could possibly conjure up because it feels as if this is going nil nil and then to penalties. It, it, that it's got that written all over it. Right? <laughs> who knows? I don't know. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, look, I, I'll say I said this a few weeks ago about Chelsea, and I'll reiterate it now. The top clubs in England find ways to exert their dominance over the rest of the country, even in seasons when things are not going right. In oh, twenty in twenty twenty. Yeah, Arsenal won an FA Cup. They finished eighth in the league. 2017, they won an FA Cup. They finished fifth. Chelsea have done this. They won the FA Cup in 2018 when they finished fifth. That's that's not a wrong thing to say. That's not that. And Chelsea can do that now. Sheer weight of numbers. Sheer uh, sheer volume of players at Chelsea should get them at least two League Cup final, and it has. But I just and maybe I'm sensitive to that too because I think that this is for me. This has been the thing that has separated. Like Tottenham can be one of the big clubs all they want, but this has been the thing that separates the, the other, the real big clubs from a club like Tottenham. That, Tottenham that ability to bully your way to a final. 
even when in seasons when you don't have it, when things aren't going like for Tottenham, even in seasons when they did have it, you know, they did get to a Champions League final, of course, in 2019. But like their inability to win trophies, like Chelsea and Arsenal have had seasons where they're not good. They've yeah. had bad seasons and have still found a way to give their fans a parade. No, you know, and I, 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 I do I t- think that that separates some of the great clubs from the next tier. I, I think that I think that's a good point too. Yeah, it definitely is. And the other semifinal was. By the way, Burrow. Did you see what Middlesbrough? I mean, we're talking about Chelsea. You talk about dominance. Did you see what Burrow's XG was in this game? No. Point one two. Uh, uh, Rogers took his goal well, um, and so I guess that's something for oh, them. Great. Although they, they like Burrow looked likely that to lose him. Uh, Morgan Rogers. I wonder Apparently. what their XG was before that moment. That was in the 88th moment, uh, yeah. 88th minute. Good Lord. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't even a high XG chance. I wouldn't have thought it came in on Probably his right. Not. It was a tidy finish. Um, yeah, he, he apparently there's interest from Villa. Because um, Villa are going to let a few players go and they may they may pick up uh, a couple too. I'm not sure where that stands. But yeah, um, tough night for Michael Carrick. Good night for Richard Pochettino. And... Um, uh, it, it, I watched the other semifinal obviously yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw for me that was more of the. This is a game that happened that allowed a team to get to a final. Yeah, there was not so? a whole lot in this Liverpool Fulham one. I have to say Fulham. But in fairness to Fulham, they they fizzed a couple of balls across the box. They looked tidy. They looked sharp before the before the Lucho goal. And well, I mean, Castagna gets caught out so badly on that. Oh, he and gets lo- he's totally lost. Did he realize oh, there was lost. someone behind him? Why? Why would you not just realize? I can't get to this spin and just at least be face on or side on, but but tr- committing yourself to try and win that ball just completely um, sells himself. And uh, and yeah, you know, double deflection, laying on that very good goal. But I thought there'd be so much more from Fulham. Fulham, Fulham are exactly how you think a team would be that's lost a dynamic uh, just focal point in the attack. And I'm not saying Raul Jimenez isn't a good player. He is a good player, but he's not, he, he, he's not Mitrovic. Yeah. And, and they really like Fulham are, Fulham are all right. Like they're, they've got some decent players, uh, but they just couldn't, they, they, they haven't, they don't have that edge and they were kind of limp and they're, they're a little bit limp without Mitrovic, I have to say. Um, and I was disappointed in Robinson too as well. You got Robinson and Willian in the first half and they're, they're clearly trying to do the same thing from the first leg, which is like double up and get down that side against Conor Bradley. And I know Conor Bradley's at starting for Liverpool because A, he's he's very good young prospect and B, there's injuries there. But like, how can you not exploit him more? It's he may, Maybe Bradley is... Absolutely brilliant, and I'm underestimating him. But you would think an experienced footballer like Robinson and an experienced player like Willianne caused him much more problems than they did, and they never. It, it was so comfortable for him. And that may be me, again, underrating him. Maybe. We don't, I don't know that we really know much about him just yet at this point. Well, what we've seen so far, like he, he, his anticipation's really good, uh, wins his tackles, he's an unbelievable pace, great engine, obviously... Decent deliveries, not going to be the deliveries, not even going to be the same kind of player. He's not going to step into midfield in the same way that Trent Alexander-Arnold would, but like, just looks really, really solid, man. Yeah. Was that, I don't remember, was that him that Harry Wilson went by to get Fulham's goal? Uh, yeah. It was like literally the one time oh, well. 
I mean, what do you mean out well? Like, well, they, the, I mean, the goal one, was one. That time, was their goal. That could have one, one time across ninety minutes. And, but but I'm saying if we're going to omit that, then that's kind of wrong. I'm not. Of us. I'm not. I'm, I'm not omitting it. I I just could. I didn't remember that. Thank you for recalling that. Um, and it goes in off what was it? Uh, Issa Diop's thigh or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I just, I just, even after they got the goal to get back into it, I thought, come on, Fulham will start making chances here. You got to be ready for this, Liverpool. And it was a bit limp. Yeah. Not, not a super great game. I mean, maybe it's a different game. Like, Joe Polina on a corner kick, the ball falls. He's by himself in the middle of the box in the eighth minute. Maybe if he scores there, it's a different game. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, Gomez loses him there very badly. That was, that, but that was the period I was talking about. I thought, oh, look, Fulham are knocking on the door here, but once once Liverpool got that goal, it was long yeah. periods of them, Fulham doing nothing. Marco um, Silva looked really, at the end of the game, when Klopp went to shake his hand, I don't want to read too much into things, but boy, Marco Silva, I thought, looked unusually disappointed. Like, I wonder if he yeah. thought his team would be more up. Like, he didn't move at first. He was but staring it, blank. Like, usually the managers, they come over, they hug, they say something. He didn't move an inch. I know, and but Klopp kind of, like, wait, woke him from his stupor. But I, he'll probably look at it that. They came in trailing by just one goal, and they bring it back to the cottage, and, oh, it's going to be this big atmosphere and a big performance, and it never happened. It was flat. Very he was flat. probably really mad. Yeah, and, and the crowd got flat so quick. I mean, it's easy to make fun of fan bases like Fulham. Um, but it, 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 What's up with their fan? Uh, not uh, educate really, me. Uh, they'd be seen as kind of latte-sipping, uh, kind of West London, not, 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 not like proper work, not a working-class area. Uh, a a white-collar crowd? White-collar, kind of, also like, you know, touristy, you know, Americans in for the weekend. Let's catch a Fulham game. You know, that kind of vibe. Not really... Not a not a serious outfit, um, and also like the, their their story, which kind of gets forgotten because it is the it was the late nineties. I mean, Mohammed Al Fayed <laughs> pumped them full of money and shot them up the table. They had Kevin Keegan managing them in the championship in the lower divisions. They had Jean Tigana managing them when they were like a two bit club, like a, a club that was like their associations were with, with the nether regions of English football. So like for them to, they're kind, they've kind of been elevated quite quickly in a way to the top. And I mean, that's not to say I don't, I mean, they've had their fair player, fair share of nice players. They've had some great nights, you know, Juventus and, and, you know, I'm not disparaging them, but to some people, they, they, they when, when, when I heard, oh, the cottage will be bouncing. Cause it's only one goal. To f- I was like, will it? I was I wasn't conv- I wasn't convinced and they and they did nothing to convince me in the uh, in that game. Interesting. Um by the way, one one thing that I came across regarding um Mo Salah that I probably wouldn't have thought. So Opta before this game, so that some of the numbers have changed slightly, but um they did a breakdown JJ of Liverpool with and without their be- I mean Salah's been their best player since he got there in 2016. So including this game uh, They've now played 35 games without Salah during his stint at Liverpool. They've only lost three of them. Mm. When Salah plays, their average goals per game is 2.2. When he doesn't, it's 2.2. Doesn't change. Now, I'm not saying that they're, look, I'm, I'm not one of those people who will see that and be like, oh, they're better off without. No, he's their best player and has been for, for an era. Um, but I do think it is a testament to others at that club, Klopp, 
who has instilled a system that is not reliant on one player. And the depth that they've had there, the team that they've built over the years, where they could lose Salah and Sadio Mane is great. Diogo Jota steps in and he's great. Firmino in past year. I mean, they as great as he is, the numbers at least tell you that, okay, I'm not saying that they're better without him, but they're not necessarily they're reliant. Not. They're not necessarily reliant on him. No, and and it it that kind of speaks to a club that's been very well um very well run in terms of getting having other talented players in there and also being just being very good really. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. We'll have more on Salah later because Oh. Oh. But well well I might just do it now. It sounds oh. as if he's in Liverpool now receiving treatment on his hamstring, but the reports are that if Egypt get to the AFCON final, he will go back for that. Yeah. So which would make me nervous. Incredibly nervous. <laughs> yes, very nervous. But also uh, but also very understanding of why he will absolutely want to be there because, you know, reading and listening to things, apparently Mohamed Salah, in terms of cementing himself as, as one of the great African players of all time, needs an AFCON win to cement that. You wouldn't have thought with the the hundreds of goals he scored since he went to English football and his general career so far, European Cup winner, all that stuff. You wouldn't think it, but it's needed, apparently. Yeah. Didn't qualify for the last World Cup. Correct, yeah. So. You know, stuff like that. I guess that hurts. I mean, who who would hold that? Who would be that guy now? I mean, we're talking about like George Weah, Drogba. Weah, Drogba. Who else would be in that? I suppose Samuel Eto'o. Sure, yeah. Those kind of guys. But Salah had. I mean, he's in that. He's in that tier. He right. absolutely is. It's. Um, I was listening to. I mean, is uh, this like people who were saying that Messi was can't be to the o- greatest ever without a uh, World Cup? Like, I was listening to Oluwajinu Kelleje on uh, who we had on this podcast before the last World Cup uh, to talk about the African teams, and I was listening to him on second captains, and uh, <laughs> I mean, he's the he's the African voice, and he's saying, yeah, you know, solid. Fantastic. Better win in AFCON. I guess if you want to be considered the greatest African player ever, then you are in a place of splitting hairs and that stuff like that would matter in that argument. But I don't know. I mean, he's in that category. I don't know how he couldn't be. Um, Let's see. Should we spin again, JJ? Do you have any more on this? No, good. Let's spin. Oh, uh, um, just Kwanzaa for Liverpool. I was like watching the game. You know, sometimes in in those those games, uh, you're idly watching. Because there's not a lot happening and you're just, you know, you're not paying, you're not fully locked in. And I'm like, who is spraying those unbelievable passes from the back? And it wasn't Virgil van Dijk, it was Kwanzaa. Hmm. Looks very good. Oh, there you go. All right, let's uh, let's spin again here. Transfer talk. Ah. Oh, we love it. Oh, we love it. There's a few things here that are of, of note. Um, I would say foremost among them calvin phillips appears to be headed now to west ham on loan from uh manchester city Um, he's reanimated his career (laughs) so uh, before we get to the west ham side which is the more important side here because i don't think this this doesn't really impact manchester city at all which is which is the story because manchester city rarely unless i'm unless i'm forgetting a bunch of them they rarely sign a player that goes bust when they shell out money it's usually for a well-calculated reason. And I'm not saying this wasn't well-calculated. I'm sure it was with the best of intentions that they went out and, and got this guy. But this is this goes on the list, a short list of 
marquee signings that that club has made that have gone bust. This was a, a ter- This wound up being a terrible signing. Off, awful signing. Uh, awful for his career. Um, by the way, his trophies don't count, guys. I, they yeah, do- JJ, for those who don't remember, had a big problem with Calvin Phillips' celebrations after the treble. I have no problem. Celebrate. Definitely celebrate. But you can't be front and center. <laughs> in the middle. Out in the middle. He was leading chance. I suppose you want to do something for if you're going to pick up a wage. You want to do anything. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, be a good locker room guy. This will be my role. I'm going to keep things light in here. <laughs> it was, it, it was, I, I, I personally couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, so Calvin, yeah, Calvin Phillips moves to West Ham. Um, like genuine disaster for, for not disaster for city disaster for him. Uh, I, it's amazing how his stock has fallen that, and it seems as if Moyes has been hot on him for a while. But it, well, that's why this is a good move. I think Moyes he wanted him. Remember, Moyes tried to get him for fifty million. Yeah, from Leeds, the bid was rejected, and then in the next window, he wound up going for less than that to Manchester City for forty-five million. So forget the attacking players uh, at at uh, at West Ham. The attacking part of that midfield, but just look at the midfielders and you know you're more. Orthodox midfielders, uh, Alvarez, Suchek, Ward, Prowse. Who's losing out there? Suchek, right? Who's not going to play? Yeah, who's going to play like with him in midfield? Well, so what? I mean, West Ham play pretty much what a four-two-three-one. Yeah. So, I mean, the bay, the the two there to shield the back line would be Alvarez and Phillips. Yeah. Right. So Suchek is the odd man out. That's it. I'm, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I'm I ge- guess. I'm guessing. I I like. I mean, Suchik's 28 now, I suppose, and he's been, he has been, I mean, he's been a great, a quality buy for West Ham. But unless he rejigs it completely and he's not going to go to four, that wouldn't work either. Uh, yeah, I just, when I saw it, I was like, eh. Like, if I had seen that, if, if Moise had got him when he originally wanted him, I would have been much more enthusiastic. Well, no. I like I like it because it's a manager that that has wanted this guy for a while. So you got to think he this is not this isn't one of those like Chelsea buys where we're just like, well, I, I guess they have money and they just want to buy. Like it feels like this is someone that Moyes has a plan for, an idea right. for, and Phillips has got to be motivated because he wants. There's a Euros coming up in the summer. He wants to keep his his spot on Southgate's team. So you you would think you would get the best version of him going to a place where, where he'll have a chance. Won't necessarily be looking over his shoulder. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it on all fronts. I think it works. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. He hasn't had a consistent run of games in a long time, so it's. I guess it's hard to say. Um, but I, I yeah. Uh, in I mean, theory, it's... I think it works. Yeah. And by the way, uh, how? I mean, you're talking about who's the odd man out. I mean, how long is is Lucas Paqueta out for? Uh, ooh. Because depending on that, I, I'd have to go check. I should have checked that before. Um, but you know, that, that could change the chemistry of what their starting 11 will look like. Um, so I we'll mean, see. He's going to play ahead of those players though. So, um, yeah, let's see how long he's out for, uh, West Ham forced to alter transfer plans with Paquetta injury worse than thought. Okay. Uh, two months. So that was Jacob Steinberg on Wednesday, January 10th. So, yeah. 
So Suchek won't be losing his spot, I guess, anytime soon. Um, Let's see, JJ, a couple other ones here. Bayern Munich, they end their interest in Kieran Trippier, um, which I guess the negotiations just weren't going. Yeah. um, Not really a ton more to say about that. I guess that's good for Newcastle. They'll, they'll keep him. Um, But by the way, while we're, while we're on the topic of Bayern Munich moves for Harry Kane's friends, uh, I don't know. I I assume you've seen this now that it's uh, because it's gone viral. Eric Dyer, JJ. So he, he made his debut for Bayern Munich um, in a win. And uh, then he spoke afterwards. And yeah. do we have a we have a bit of a Steve on our hands here? I think we have uh, a semi-Steve. I don't know if he's gone full Steve, though. Let's okay. have a listen. Yeah, in terms of the football, I need I need uh, more, more games to understand better. But um, obviously, from what I've seen, just watching on the TV and obviously watching the, the game last weekend, Every team is technically very good. They they, they all try to play quite a lot, um, and uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a very nice style to the football here. But uh, as I said, I need I need more more games to to understand better. Okay, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely something going on there. It should be noted, Dyer doesn't have the most orthodox English accent ever. Like he spent a lot of time as a young person, like his formative he, years in Portugal. Yeah, so. That was something even when he first got to Spurs, I remember fans commenting on his accent sort of being unclear of like, it's like a an accent of the world. Like, where is he really from? Like, so it sounds like a, a kid that's that. definitely been taught at an English international school somewhere abroad. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So there's a little bit of that to begin with. I mean, for comparison's sake, do you want to hear a dire interview from while he was with Spurs? I, I have one here. Just yeah, a give quick us a clip. Give us a quick clip so we can compare and contrast. Yeah, no, we had that belief for sure. As I said, I think if we score one goal, um, it would really open up for us. But it's ifs and buts, really, isn't it? Because uh, we didn't, and uh, in the end, you know, they they saw it out. Um, so yeah. So it is a little different, but it's not egregious. I mean, can we just because it's so much fun? If we want to hear the gold standard, can we go back and listen to to the the famous Steve clip, Steve McLaren? Oh, I, I mean, Steve is the Steve is the benchmark for English person goes abroad tries to assimilate not by learning language but by imitating an accent. <laughs> it is. Arsenal is a big team. What are your chances against Arsenal? I say, uh, I think we we are not just uh, what you call underdogs, but massive underdogs. I, I think there is no expectations for FC20, so uh, everything is there for a surprise. Uh, we have nothing to lose, so we go into the game nice, relaxed, enjoy the experience. That is what the the what do you call it? Underdog. I mean, that is just uh, how you how you how you how you say underdog oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i love you and he stopped he takes words out of sentences you know it's just it's like he forgot how to structure sentences because and i mean in some ways it shows uh is it would be a, a, an empathy in the person that they they're trying to get to the the, the same level as the person that's interviewing them there's a sympathy uh, there's a 
an attempt at a connection in there. And I think that's probably a, a, a nice quality. for. Isn't that for... like a marketing technique? Like if you're trying to sell something to somebody, you're told to sort of like mimic their mannerisms. If you hear them use a unique word, you should use it at some yes, point. It. Like I thought oh I saw God. this on an episode of the office once. That's where I learned everything I know about sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but like, maybe. but this is not, this but I, I, I will say too. this. I will say this. I am, a, I am dreadful at this. Uh, I have a friend who says, Oh, if you have a lyrical ear, whatever that means okay. i don't know what a lyrical ear is but if you pick up accents easily you will tend to do to to imitate people and and to to do that so i i remember going to college with a couple of guys from cork and cork and a cork accent in terms of an irish accent is is very distinct from like i'd have a kind of middle of the road uh, west coast accent and a cork accent is super strong different lilting up and down and I definitely started picking up terms and mm. phrases and intonations that they had. Um, equally, I was told on our trip to Liverpool, which features later in this podcast, I am not to attempt to try and, a, a Scouse accent. Or <laughs> the person that's traveling with me said they'll break my jaw. So yeah. please don't do that. Um, yeah. So J- I, JJ's I, actually from Arkansas, but he studied abroad in Ireland, and now this is what we're left with. Arkansas. Yeah. I did not have. Sexual relations with, but that th- this has happened in America. I mean, Brian Kelly famously goes from Notre Dame. He never had any any hint of a Southern accent. He's coached but, in Notre Dame, whatever. He goes to LSU. His introductory speech of the fans and I, I my family, like he, he breaks into full Southern accent. I I don't know how any anyone can go to the South and spend any time there and not pick up that accent. I he I was don't there know. for a day. Yeah, well, I went to uh, I went to Texas for a wedding after I'd watched True Detective mm-hmm. and uh, I realized one of the bars had Lone Star which was the beer that featured in True Detective and McConaughey used to drink and I may have said to a bartender appreciate a little hustle up on that <laughs> oh, no you didn't yep <laughs> uh, no I didn't yeah. blow I didn't blow the twenty note, the twenty dollar note across the counter to her, or anything too obnoxious. But, but I again, I was asked by um by my girlfriend to not do that. But you've been in Brooklyn for a long time now, and I have never. I mean, I've known you for over a decade, roughly. Like I've never noticed any hint of a Brooklyn accent or any kind. Like you got to see me in. The, you got to see me in the streets, though. You know. In the, yeah, you spend a lot of time in the streets. Too. I'm I'm a man of the, I'm a, I'm a man of the roads. I'm, I'm, when I'm in the streets with my fam, it's it's different. With my family, no, no I um, haven't, I haven't. But um, but again, like I lived in what I would say accented Brooklyn in 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 uh, Bay Ridge, which definitely has a Brooklyn accent. Um, and then I moved to Park Slope, which there's a lot of people who are not from Brooklyn here anyway. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I guess that could be. Who who knows? I'll tell you right now. If I move to London, full Cockney within a week. Your accents are very bad, though. You're very bad. Me, I don't really have an accent. I, I don't do an English for, accent. No, do one. Nah, I don't do, do one. On no, man, I'm not. I don't do things on demand. It's not how I operate. Uh, this has been a very productive transfer chat. Uh, <laughs> we should say before we get out of it, a couple other, a couple other notes. Gio Reyna, JJ. Uh, ooh. Um, so one of the clubs that were being hinted at early on in January, Nottingham Forest. It's, it's still not clear. It seems that he has agreed. There has been an agreement of terms, definitely. Forest and Marseille as well. Um. Nottingham I, Forest. Let, let, let's talk about that, as that's the one that we'd be more familiar with. I mean, look, ultimately, what I what I want for Gio Reyna is for him to be somewhere where he'll play consistently. 
And I think that could happen at Forest. I don't think it I don't think it's as definitive as some people think. Definitely not. Gibbs White, Hudson Adoy, Alanga. Like I don't know that Reyna, I think he will play there, but I don't know that he'll just walk in and is going to be guaranteed of just okay, well, you're a first eleven. Like name n- name those guys into the team sheet, you know. Name name those guys again. Uh Gibbs White, Hudson Adoy, Anthony Alanga. What would you say are the three things in common about those guys that maybe Gio as att- attributes that Giorena mightn't have? Two of them have hyphenated names. <laughs> Is that what you're like? <laughs> no, I, that's not an attribute. Durability? Uh, uh, power, uh, pace and power. And again, again, please, please, please don't, don't, don't cancel me. I, it's not, I'm not saying pace and power because these players are black. That's not what I mean. But I mean, physically, they are superior to Gio Reyna. And I just, that is my constant worry with, with, with him, that the Premier League will be too physical, will be too fast, and, and he'll break down and he'll struggle to be a player that can give you 70, 75 minutes in a game. That, 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 otherwise, where, We'll find out. Like This will be the test That's case. why I kind of like Marseille. Kind of like I feel like the French league might be a better landing spot for him, and you want him to play regularly. Um, I am surprised. So, so his agent is you know, he's working with Jestifute, which is George Mendes. Um, so it's not a surprise that he would go to his mate Nuno, who was also at Wolves, and and try and 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 get interest in a player there. There's two things at Forest. First of all, they don't seem to buy with any plan or haven't bought with any strategy. I don't want to be a player where I'm coming into a club where they don't have a plan for me. Definitely don't want that because that 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 spells that could spell months on the bench or months playing out of position or months struggling. Um, I and I don't like this, and I'm I'd be worried as well about what happens to Forest then. You know, could it be? Last in, first out. If if Forrest are hit with financial penalties, they need to balance the books urgently. Does he suddenly get shipped off somewhere else and he ends up on the mystery tour of Europe? Wherever he's wanted most and they've got the an actual plan for Gio Reyna is the place he needs to go. Yeah. I don't know. And, I don't know who that is, though. Yeah, I mean, there there was talk that, you know, there were some who felt Spain, La Liga, would be a good fit for him in terms of style of play, physicality, maybe is more of his speed. Yeah. Um, Maybe. But right now, it seems like Nottingham Forest and Marseille are the two that are uh, most seriously being discussed. Yeah, and just to go I back mean, to my just to go back to my point again, I don't want to belabor it, but like just visualize how Forest have played the last few weeks in terms of transition. Think about them against United at the City Ground, like quickly breaking the ball, quickly attacking. Um, and I think it gives White. I think of you know holding the ball up. I think of um, I, I just think think of that the general. Uh, speed and pace of that game and I, I try and plug in and imagine Gio Rain in that and I, I I can't well we'll we'll see if he winds up there he's going to go somewhere it seems at this point I, I think his days at Borussia Dortmund are, are over and it's these are loan deals though Andrew with an option yeah. to buy I mean again his stock has fallen significantly really has yeah uh, one other one that I came across yesterday that was interesting to me uh, Jesus Ferreira in the news so uh, Tom Bogert sent this out um spartak moscow made a 13 million dollar bid to fc dallas for u.s men's national team forward jesus ferreira but mls stepped in to say the deal wouldn't go forward with the russian club uh dallas would have accepted and ferreira wanted the move it was in discussions on personal terms uh 
then mm. Tom Boger goes on to say the reasoning delivered to the club and player was that there are risks for American business entities doing business with Russian entities. MLS has the authority to nix the transfer because, of course, as we know, JJ, it is a single entity league. The all franchise paperwork, system. All paperwork and transfers go through the MLS office. So the club wanted it, the player wanted it, and the league said, uh-uh, not doing it. Now, we know this. Uh, I think a lot of people were stunned by this when they saw, wait, this doesn't make sense. The player wanted the move and the club wanted the move. Yeah, but- we, we know of course, that MLS has the ability to do this. Um, a, I mean, $13 million is a fairly decent number. For Jesus uh, Ferreira, that's pretty good. It's, you know, that's tough for him. I mean, look, if they can get a move to Spartak Moscow, you would think there are there, there should be other clubs in Europe um, of a similar caliber that they could maybe, that, that something could still happen with. But um that's interesting. It, yeah. it, it, it's kind of the most high pro- profile because you know it's happened before. It's the most high profile example of how the league is run and how the league can basically basically controls um, its its franchises. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep our eyes on on what winds up happening with Jesus Ferreira. We're about a month out, by the way. I think it, is it a month to the day from um, Inter Miami Real Salt Lake to start the season? Am I, is that February 25th? It's soon. Uh, I want them to do an MLS's back tournament. Just to get me warmed up, there it's it's like a month out. Boy, that off season is short. Good lord, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, we'll keep our eyes. I mean, there's you know, there's still you know I know Denny Bawanga is still pushing for a move. LAFC have no interest. It seems it looks like they're going to hold firm on that, um, which is which what is interesting. An, the last thing you want is your preseason upset with a with an impasse like this. You yeah. want him, you want him out so you can get someone in. Or you want him committed? Well, the question will be, okay, well, just maybe this is a, a little bit of a game of chicken. Okay, we know you want to go. We can't. You have to understand why we can't allow that to happen. Carlos Vela is probably not going to be coming. I, we'll see what the situation is with Vela. He's still a free agent. Um, at, like, If you're going to put up a fuss, how long are you going to do that for? Are you really not going to show up? Are you not? Are you, are you going to be worse? You know, so maybe they're just willing to see this out. You know, we'll deal with a few weeks of him being kind of upset, but we think in the end, you know, cooler heads will prevail and, and we'll have our guy. Uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, another spin, JJ? Oh, please. Okay, here we go. International Cup dates. Speaking, of course, of AFCON and the Asian Cup that are both going on right now as we uh, transitioning from group stage to knockout stage, JJ. First, I guess, let's take a look at Africa, what's going mm. on at the Cup of Nations. Um, just any... Any observations, any thoughts that you have from uh, from what we've seen so far? I mean, I, I did not have on the cards a a defeat uh, by Martinia for Algeria. Did not did not see it. Now they had enough chances in the game, uh, but then again, Martinia had it wasn't like they were short of chances either. Um, uh, Delelyali, uh, his goal was the the decider um, again. Algeria should have just cleared their lines. And uh, volleyed into the net from fairly close range, and uh, and they they couldn't respond. They couldn't get an equalizer. Martini win that, and they have Martini have Cape Verde next, who are another story out of this competition. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> they're probably looking at that thing. This is an amazing draw. Cape Verde and Martini delighted that they've both drawn each other, and we'll see who comes uh, comes out of that one. Uh, Morocco, well, real they've... real quick, just on the Algeria note. Oh, sorry. Um, well, I mean, it's worth pointing out. So they did fire their manager um, after this 
you know, this discourse happened, which you, you would expect. Um, yeah, it's been, I don't know. It's kind of, uh, kind of a tricky thing to figure out with Algeria. This was, you know, this was a great era for them from a personnel, from a player standpoint. Um, they, but Maris didn't start. He came off the bench. Have they gotten had they gotten everything out of this era that they would have hoped? They didn't qualify for the last World Cup. No, they have not. Um, and they yeah. probably look with envious eyes. They probably look at uh, Morocco uh, and they probably think, well, we've got players. You know, okay, they've got Hakim Ziyech. We've, we've got Riyad Mahrez. You know, why are, why are we not um, better, I guess, would be the question. Um, uh, Morocco, they look like they are going to uh maintain their their status as favorites uh like you know it i wouldn't say they've blown anybody away so far but like they are they are proving to be the the class yeah. of the, the class of the tournament so top far top of the group yeah Ivory now, Coast. now their manager has been suspended two matches for all the the craziness that went down at, after the end of their last game he was suspended for four matches but two of the four have been those matches have been suspended till next year. So he's facing a two match ban. Um, I still think that they can be okay as, as important as he may be to their success. Um, I would still expect Morocco to continue at this rate. Yeah. Well, I would think so. Um, although South Africa, that's, that's just, I suppose, potentially tricky tie. Um, but you expect Morocco to come through um, the Ivory coast advance just about barely. Yeah. And and obviously in the middle of a tournament, the best thing you can do is to sack your manager. So uh, Jean Louis Gasset is out uh, in the middle of the tournament. So there we go. Speaking wow. of out, Andrew Ghana, the Black Stars, yeah, gone um, to be winning two 0 late on, uh, and then to well to come out of it with a draw was um, that was curtains for Chris Hewton and uh, and. It was it was interesting. So I I went online and I, I I wanted to get some reaction from from Ghana. So I found uh, Ghanaian TV, City TV, who were analyzing things. And this is about as comprehensive a, a takedown of uh, Chris Hutton's tenure as Ghana manager as you're possibly going to hear. I'm very disappointed with his tenure, as we all are. Not just in terms of the results, but in terms of how the Black Stars have played. We constantly talk about a philosophy, a style of play. And we've not got that under Chris Hutton with the Black Stars. Are we a counter-attacking team? I don't know. Are we a defensive team? I don't know. Are we a a possession-based team? I don't know. It's a mishmash of all of them. Sometimes we don't play any of them and we just get beaten. Don't know what the style of play was. And even when they did have a style of play, they lost. Pretty strong, but I feel like those are... Those are comments you hear when a when a manager gets fired. Well, just this is a total general question. Right. What is the percentage of teams that you think have a well-defined style of play? Like a, have a true identity? I feel like it's actually it's a fewer number of teams I feel like that have an, a real identity than those that kind of just win any number of ways or lose any number of ways. Wait, you think there's more teams with that don't that, that don't, don't have an that don't really have an identity. I would say bad teams oscillate wildly between trying to be defensive, hard to beat, and then counterattacking, and then come up with nothing. Um, I I guess I mean Chris Hutton 
Chris Hutton's managerial CV is not bad. Uh, you know, he had good periods at Brighton, good periods at Norwich, good periods at Newcastle. But it feels like the last few jobs, Nottingham Forest in particular, it's just kind of, it's over for his, like he's a very safe kind of manager. You know, let's, whatever, let's not get beaten. That's the first thing. And um, and that conservatism showed that that, that Ghanaian team under him just doesn't score many goals. And also, they're in the middle of qualifying now. World Cup qualifying resumes for them in March. So they can't hang around. They have to get him out yeah. if they think this isn't working and get someone else in. But he's, I, I liked him. He was assistant manager at Ireland for a while. Obviously an Irish international. I don't know. I, f- I feel bad for him as a person, but I don't know. It's, do you think the, the, the Pardews, the Hutons, the Bruces, the Allardyces, I, f- I, and I, I kind of included Moyes in that for a while, but Moyes, I think, has elevated himself above that pack. It's kind of over for them now, isn't it? Um, they were, they were the court, they were the bunch. Um, who else would you include in that? Um, the former Stoke manager whose name's escaped. Um, Pulis. Pulis. Yeah, I mean, what is Roy Hodgson? Is oh, he, mm, he might have been in there too. I feel as if we are seeing the end of that era. Remember, there was an era of recycled manager where you almost couldn't keep track of where you knew they were managing, but it was almost hard to remember. Mark Hughes. (laughs) Yeah, because they, you know, these guys are fading out, man. Warnock. Warnock, definitely. But Warnock. Yeah, Warnock. Definitely Warnock, too. I don't know why I even wavered for a second on Colin. He's definitely part of it. Wow. You used that name, huh? Redknapp, I mean, he's kind of been out of management for a while now, but but yeah, but you were slowly seeing him because there used to be frustration in 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 the English press, frustration in and certainly frustration in America. That was the one thing that uh, was a constant in the early stages of our podcast was why do these failed managers keep getting jobs? I suppose Mick McCarthy was in that as well a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, I think it's over now. I think that era be. that era is ending. Yeah, could be. Um, let's see. Before we move off this, I, I did want to mention circling back to Algeria, they did win by the way, uh, the Cup of Nations in 2019. So it's not to say that they haven't gotten anything. Oh, yeah, this that's era. right. Uh, they did win it, you know, four and a half years ago or whatever it was, five years ago. It was ago. before COVID, doesn't count. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Asian Cup, just a couple quick things. Just um, some of the favorites not faring as maybe we would have expected. I kind of thought that this tournament, I think really highly of Japan right now. I think that they're in an in a moment where they could really exert their dominance. Um, and I, I thought this tournament would sort of be a coronation of that. And and it hasn't. And they're, they lost to Iraq, conceded twice, had to fight back against Vietnam. Um, you know, pretty dominant against Indonesia, certainly. But 3-1, um, they scored a goal on a penalty. They scored on an own goal. They conceded, you know, to Indonesia. Like, it just hasn't, whatever you thought you were going to get from Japan in this tournament hasn't quite been that. Um Meanwhile, one of the other favorites, South Korea, they could only draw with Malaysia in an incredible oh game. Three, that game three. Was, that game was nuts. And I want to give props to Malaysia because they, it wasn't like they bundled one over the line. The, their equalizer was a quality goal. It was really, really good. Well, they now, were up. I mean, South Korea had to score two late goals to take a 3-2 lead. Yeah. And then, I mean, JJ, we're in... I mean, we're talking. We're, we were talking about Ollie McBurney the other day. Yeah, he had the, scored the latest goal in Premier League history, the thirteenth minute of stoppage time. Well, this is the Asian Cup, but that was quickly surpassed. Fifteenth um, minute in the hundred. We're in the hundred and fifth minute. 
<laughs> I mean, when Malaysia get their equalizer, that's that's tough to stomach if you're South Korea. Oh, it really was. But if you watch South Korea, they were panicked. They, I don't know how many times they could have just put their foot on it, passed the ball, cleared their lines, and they didn't. And uh, Romel Morales with the goal. So, but you know, it's interesting though because there is a silver lining for both them and Japan. Um, because Japan finished runner-up in their group, which was not expected, South Korea, had they won their group, would have had to then play Japan next. Oh, so they avoid which, each other Which now. neither team really wanted that matchup no. at this stage. Now, because they both finished as runners-up in their groups, they don't have to face each other yet. Uh, so there is, I guess there is a silver lining to a little bit of their group stage mediocrity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll give it another spin. Yeah, let's uh, actually, you know what? Here, let's do this because we're we've got three spins down. Um, let's go ahead. We'll take a break. The wheel could use a little oil maybe. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll come back. We'll continue with wheel of football here on caught offside. Still plenty more caught offside to come. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked mint mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said, yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, back now on... Caught offside. Let's get right back to it. Still got a few spins left here, uh, so let's uh, let's do it again. Ah, and the Oscar goes to oh wow one of the no. one of the few non soccer topics on the wheel today. JJ, no, I assume we... this is because of the Oscar nominations, of course. The... Yes, yes. Um, I <laughs> I was kind of hoping when I put this on because I know you're 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 a cinephile. I've seen uh, very few of the so movies this year. I, neither have I. I just saw Maestro a couple weeks ago. I thought the movie was... I mean, look, who? I, what do I know? It, like, for me, for what I'm looking for from a movie, it was fine. The acting was sensational. I thought Bradley Cooper was amazing. I thought Carey Mulligan was amazing. Um, I need to see... I just haven't had the chance yet. I've got to see Oppenheimer. I've got to see Killers of the Flower Moon. It's three and a half hours, which, by the way, you know me. You know I have no problem with a long movie. Oh, you love it. You, I you'll just get have to, right into it. But I do have to find the time. That's just I want to watch it all in one sitting. But, but I, when you, I when don't want to chop it to, up. When the kids go to bed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, that's like by the time I'm back downstairs, it's almost nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. The short answer yes. is yes. I can <laughs> find time for it. Uh, and Oppenheimer too. I think that comes on, uh, is it Peacock? One of the streaming platforms. I'm yeah. waiting for that. That comes so, on soon. So I'm watching, I, I was meant to go, one of the annoying things happened when someone says, oh, I'll go to a movie with you. Yeah, we're definitely going to see that. And then and then my friend went with someone else. It was re- really annoying. I think you have to question just how good of a friend this person is. Well. It was Darcy, wasn't it? 
<laughs> it wasn't Darcy. I am watching it with Darcy. Okay. Uh, so Oppenheimer, I um, we're going to watch the holdovers as well, which looks really, really good. Um, uh, what, what? Oh yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. We, we uh, myself and Darcy went to see that. I found I enjoyed it. It's it's a rough watch, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I did not. I did not. I was not in the sense feeling. Oh my god, this is super long. This is this is too long. Um, but I think what I'll do for myself now is. And I always say this every year. I'm going to watch every single one of the Best Picture nominees afterwards. I'm just going to go and see them or go and watch them however I have to. Um, actor in a leading role I wanted to ask you about. Uh-huh. Um, could it be the first... Man, when was the last Irish actor in a leading role? Daniel Day-Lewis, I guess. Um, he has an Irish passport, so... Gillian Murphy for Oppenheimer is what I'm hearing. Although Paul Giamatti from the trailers for The Holdovers looks... He looks amazing. He really does. Um, I saw something about Jeffrey Wright. What about uh, him? So he's, I think he's been nominated as well. American fiction, yes. So um, I didn't realize. So he went to uh, Amherst College. What an incredible lacrosse player. Really? His sophomore year, I saw like a, somebody posted the statistics of the Amherst lacrosse team when he was a sophomore there. 33 goals, 14 assists. Oh. He le- what a player. So good for him. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I've liked him in almost everything I've seen. Um, uh, except he was in that sci-fi TV show that just Westworld. Ugh. I never watched that. He's no, had some like sm- some like smaller roles in some movies that I... I mean, look, he, in the newer James Bond films, he, he pops up in some of those. Uh, I love... I don't know how many people will agree with this. I love the movie Syriana. Uh, he, he, I thought was very good in that, um, Manchurian candidate with uh, right. Denzel Washington. He, he had a, again, a small, but pretty powerful role in that. He's a good actor. Uh, I hope he, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get his flowers. A lot of those oh, okay. actors nominated this year are people that I really like. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, by the so way, JJ that. tomorrow, Friday, you know what happens tomorrow? What? Masters of the air. Bang. Oh, really? Yep. Oh God. Premieres on Apple TV. Oh. Yeah, we've been waiting for that one for a while. We have. Quite some and time. I, I finished um, uh, Frontlines, the World War II Netflix docu- documentary. Well, I just. It's unbelievable. Oh my God, I might watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible yeah. documentary. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, you good on that? You want to spin again? Yeah, let's spin. Let's spin again. Oh. Oh, wow. Well, 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 there's only one drop for this. Are you a, you a wire guy? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Love it. What an amazing character. Uh, Michael K. Williams played. God rest him. Yeah. Do you know our mutual friend, Mike Sappho, was good friends with Michael K. Williams? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. 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 How about he, that? Yeah. Omar Cohen. Amazing um, actor. Amazing character. Great show. And I, I assume, though, that is not who we're talking about. Here. No, we're talking about no, we're talking Omar, uh, who is coming to uh, Manchester United. Omar Barada will become Manchester United's new CEO as they hope to strengthen themselves while simultaneously weakening the rival that they plucked him from, said Andrew. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, so so this one is Laurie uh, Whitwell did a good piece in The Athletic about about who, who he is. Um so when I initially heard he was coming, I thought, oh, 
a football mind. Oh, this is this is good because I didn't know anything about him. Who's the two guys we always talk about when we talk about the backroom of Manchester City? We talk uh, about Tiki. Yes, and um, Tiki Gaber- and Flo- um, and Seriano and Sir- um, yeah, yeah. So and and that's kind of it, really. Like we don't really talk about anybody else. So I was reading the piece. Um, so Barada transitioned from a commercial background, the area he specialized in between 2011 and 2016 at City, to the football side of the business, negotiating with Mino Raiola, Rafael Pimento on the signing of Erling Haaland and becoming a key influence on player contract renewals. United having a chief executive involved in sporting matters is a departure from predecessor Richard Arnold, who delegated responsibilities to football director John Murta. Arnold felt he wasn't qualified to influence that area, but Ratcliffe believes the person running the club day-to-day should be comfortable engaging in the primary function of a football club. So <clears throat> it's kind of, uh, it's an interesting hire. I feel like they, I can't say for definite that they've got the football brains. Uh, Fern Soriano and Chichi Begaristan are the ones that we associate with that. This guy is more of, I don't know, an overall appointment, really. Um, Laurie goes on, the appointment of Barada, given his strategic importance, feels different. Although supporters' optimism should be tempered by the impossibility of knowing how he will fare in a different organization that has in modern times been dysfunctional. Barada himself has pointed out United's issues, tweeting an article in 2014 that questioned how the club had gotten to quotes this mess. Well, there's a series of, of tweets from him from like 2012, 13. Of, I mean, he, it seemed like he hated United. Like he had yep. fully bought into the, the Manchester Derby. <laughs> so they didn't have a, they, because this happened quickly, they didn't have a chance to scrub his timeline. <laughs> oh, um, really? I yeah. didn't see those. Yeah. He, like he had some tweet. He, he said, I was, I'm rewatching on ESPN Classics, the 1999 Champions League final. Boy, Bayern Munich should have won. United were something <laughs> like that. He had another one. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, Chelsea versus Manchester United right now, really hoping to see United lose, like something like that. So yeah. he had a couple of those. I don't think anyone cares. None of that stuff. Have they appointed me a CEO? It sounds like they've yeah. appointed me. Well, I'll uh, say this. If you're United, you're right. Like It's hard to say what how he will fare in a role that is maybe a little bit different than what he's done before. Um, a couple of things would feel good. I would think for a United fan to see um, one of them being, there was a key line from Manchester United statement where they, um, where they said that they're quote, determined to put football and performance on the pitch back at the heart of everything we do. Huh. Maybe that's lip service, but the fact that they're acknowledging that um, I think it confirms in the minds of many that that has not been, their primary goal, and they are not in denial of that. They're they're coming out and saying we need to get back to that. Um, so that would I would find that to be encouraging. That that's you know, maybe sense. there's 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 a shift in thinking behind the scenes, and and they know the money will come if we're good, and we need to get we need to be good again. This is not just a business. This is also a football club, right? And that's Big Sir Jim's remit. I mean, that's yeah. literally he is the 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 owner in the part owner of Manchester United responsible for football operations. I, I would say there is a note of caution. Barada was in charge of sponsorships Ugh. at the time when City are accused of breaking regulations, although he has not been personally implicated. City His for their name part- was not mentioned in any of the emails that were leaked. Which is important. Yes. Yes, it is important. And obviously Manchester United won't run. I mean, he's unlikely to be 
let's put it this way. It's a different model. You know, United sponsorships will be plentiful and bountiful. They will not need to be uh, created in the way that City are accused of creating and inflating. Um, City, for their part, vigorously deny any accusations of wrongdoing. Should make that very clear. So, yeah, I guess uh, I guess wait and see. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Spin again. Yep. Ah. An old face. <laughs> to be frank is the uh, the title of this. Frank Lampard. Fr- Does he qualify as a friend of mine? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You let me have that. No. <laughs> Met him four or five times, and by the fifth time, he definitely knew me. Met him. I mean, come on. You spoke to him in a a locker room after the game with the press. And he was wearing a towel. Yeah. Friends. Um, Frank Lampard. So he appeared on the uh, Stick to Football. I met his wife. I met his wife and talked to his wife. He appeared on the Stick to Football podcast and um, opened up on a lot of things. Uh, one of which, JJ, he he did hint at wanting to manage again. That, th- more, that it- more than hint, he he, I mean, it it felt like hey, because he's done the overlap before. He's done an interview before with Gary Neville, and he he definitely says he wants to get back in. What? And he he did he did that thing where he, he names all the things that were going wrong at Everton while he was there, and then says, "I'm not making excuses." You know, you still have to win football matches, but you know, so he was kind of positioning himself as a manager who was caught in this turmoil, having to deal with the board, elements of the board that weren't talking to each other, trying to, you know, taking late night phone calls, doing all the things off the field that might distract on the field. That was kind of what I was getting. Yeah, although he did say that his job was to coach. He said, I, you know, I was coaching the team. Like, because I forget who it was that asked him, you know, was it hard to continue to do your, what you wanted your job to be? Yeah, Jill Scott what you wanted your job to be is to coach the team. Was it hard to do that in that role? And he said, no, he said I was, he was coaching the team. So he, he seemed to be pretty clear on that. I, I think the biggest problem for him, if, if, if he will get another job, the biggest problem for him is that people will look at what, uh, De La, uh, De La, Sean Dyche has done with the team since. Uh, effectively the same team, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, there are, yeah, you're right. Um, maybe there are certain differences that made Lampard's job a little bit more difficult. Like, for example, um, you know, it's funny when Richarlison left for Spurs, a lot of Everton fans, I think, were were mad about that. But what maybe we didn't quite understand in the time then that we do now is they were in truly dire financial straits. And Lampard basically says it wasn't about whether or not Richarlison wanted to go or we wanted him to stay. It was he had to go. He had to leave. He was one of their only players that they had on that team that was worth significant money. Mm. And they were desperate for money to come back into the club. And they didn't have any to spend really on marquee players to use that money for. They just needed the money. So they Richarlison, he says, had he had to leave and they couldn't really replace him. So Lampard did... He was there, like now they've had a, a couple years removed from that. He was there when arguably Everton's best player left and they couldn't directly replace him. So he, like, that was a big transition that he sort of had to navigate. I'm not saying that that's a reason to continuously be in a relegation fight. Um, 
but that was a, a challenge that maybe Dyche didn't necessarily have straight out of the gate. Um, I mean, I, I mean, Everton, Everton, we've seen the, the way they've been run, the lack of strategy, the lack of planning, the scattergun approach to almost everything have been run terribly yeah. for, for a few years. And Dyche, it's still, we, you know, it's not, there's no evidence to suggest that things are, 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 are solved. And if anything, the new owners, 777, have, I mean, they have a problematic history, which we should probably go into someday. But here we are, and Lampard is kind of almost seizing on the opportunity. Well, now now everyone can see the mess I was working with. Maybe, maybe my time, my period there will be looked at in a kinder light. And he just seemed to be emphasizing those kind of, why wouldn't he he's he's trying to sell himself sure um he looks 20 not 20 years it was 10 years younger than the final days at everton like where he looked kind of pale and gaunt and just he, he looked better it was that why would like you want to go back time. to this well why would he, you want well to go he back? answered that and i actually i believe him he said that with all the success that he experienced as a player he said the successes as a manager uh, he was more; th- those felt better to him than his successes as a player, and I could see that. Like, if you are a leader, like I'm sure Frank Lampard sees himself as a leader. Whatever room he's in, he's a mm. leader. There's probably there probably is something intoxicating about being the guy who is standing at the front of that room addressing the team. Here's our yeah. plan. I'm the one. I have ask a question. I have the answer. You know, I'm sure. You know, and to succeed and look, his successes were limited, but he did have some. Like he said, he mentioned he took Derby County to a playoff final. Everton, for however, however bad it was, the joy and the triumph of them staying up that first year, it was incredible. Those scenes were amazing. The way the ta- the, the Evertonian supporters rallied around that team at the end of that season. I'm sure that's intoxicating for for a, a person like Lampard who is a competitor um and has been around this sport his whole life so i could see why he'd say i'm not done there's i need i want more of this i want to chase those feelings i could see it i'm not surprised that he that he wants more of that yeah i i i guess and 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 i guess if you've been really relevant and at the top level of a sport and visible for so long it's hard to give all that up and lampard has been for like 20 years so I I I understand that too. Did you get to the bit where they, again, it it always seems to happen where they go back and they relitigate the the golden era? No, no. Yeah, I'm not that far into it yet. Okay, I'll put it this way: they they, they go back to this trope about the cliques in the dressing room. Okay, the Man United, the Arsenal, the Liverpool, Chelsea cliques in the in the England dressing room. It's 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 worth a listen. I'm curious about that. I'll say this about Lampard: he. Uh, he helps himself with these interviews. Oh, yeah. I, f- I find him likable and and humble almost. Even in his blame sharing, like oh, he's very blame. He's... Like I, I don't know. I still find something likable about him. Yeah, and he he was willing to to make fun of. You saw the bit where he makes fun of the Lampard meme. No, which... I have not gotten to that yet. All right, well, so the Lampard meme is basically. Uh, first question, jovial. He'll go, yeah, he'll make a laugh, and then he'll transition to, but you know, seriously. So he, uh, we'll, he, we, yeah. we'll do an example. Ask me a question. Uh, JJ, how do you feel about the new uh, Ireland appointment of Lee Carsley? Well, <laughs> the new Ireland appointment. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's uh, we've been waiting a while. We're waiting a while, but you know, you know, I think it's uh, very important now that we move forward and get behind the manager, and you know, everybody rows in the same direction. Yeah. It's he's just good like at, he's good at that. 
yeah, very good. Uh, let's see. I think JJ, I think we have time for one more spin. What do you think? Does that sound okay to you? Yeah, let's do one more spin. Okay. Oh, yes. Mailbag is what comes up here on our wheel. Thank God. I was hoping that this would come up. Okay. Um, so we have a couple here. Um, I'll read this one first. Okay. Uh, I have three here. This one first. Uh, You're all targeting me. By well, no, I, I was going to read this one first because it's the only one that isn't. So I figured we'll get this one out of the way. But going back to our last pod when we went deep on the U.S.-Slovenia rivalry, uh, Tasso 64 um, writes in something that I have I have heard this before. What he says, um, the Slovenia disallowed goal was the ref wasting two minutes of everyone's life. Light foul to get the free kick. He was going to call any physical contact on the ensuing play. Make up call on the next kick of the ball. I've heard that theory before. Um, and I guess it makes, it holds a little bit of water uh, in that the referee wouldn't, like he's never, the referee has never made clear why the whistle was blown. And I guess maybe this would be the reason if it was just purely a makeup call for something for, for a foul that he didn't think should have really been given, but was given. Um, I guess he wouldn't want to, you can't come out and say a makeup call, um, but he can't say that it was a foul because people will go back and look and see that there really wasn't hardly any, they'll look and see the eight Slovenian players holding American players. So there is this theory out there that it was a makeup call because he didn't think the free kick was was really much of a foul in the first place. So any contact was going to get it taken okay. away. I think it's if that is the that's that's horrible. That's horrible. But at any rate, yeah. Um, we'll close on these two, JJ. People taking aim at some things that you said from our last podcast. This comes from uh generic name one three two four, lots of numbers. A oh, whole lot on, of numbers. Geez. Um they write this. JJ getting tickets to the last game of the season in a potential year that Liverpool win the title. Literally a couple weeks after he goes on record saying that the local population should be the ones going to games and too many non-locals go to games. It's just more hilarious, double standard. Don't get me wrong. Good for him. And it will be an awesome experience, especially yeah, if Liverpool really... go on and win the damn thing. But the timing of him getting tickets after going on record more than once about non-locals is just chef's kiss. Can I, can I just... Makes a good point. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Um, just address one thing first of all. There are some internet uh, tweaks of language, quirks of language we need to get rid of. Chef's case, one mm. of them. Mwah. Ugh. Uh, your your personal hatred of my brother in Christ. You hate oh, that. Oh, I don't one. like that one. I also oh, that gives me the D chills. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like speaking truth to power. Oh again, I the idea of speaking if truth you to know- power I'm fine with. I just don't like the phrase. <laughs> if you know, you know. I'm not even spelling it out. Just, My brother oh, yeah. in Christ. That is a, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, chef's kiss is just, ugh. Um, yeah. So like, I definitely have a point. I never said, I don't think that no, uh, say foreign based supporters should go to games. Never said that. You walked it right up to the line. <laughs> what I said was that they definitely, if, if there's too many in the stadium, in the ground, it can affect the atmosphere, that local people build the atmosphere and that they should have priority for tickets. That's what I was saying. So um, you are acknowledging that you are part of the problem. When when the atmosphere is not what Liverpool would want it to be on that final day, you will be part of the problem and the, part of the reason you see, why. You're, but you're, no, let's, can we deal with what the email was rather than you create the scenario where there's a bad atmosphere and I get blamed for it? Um, 
No, yeah, and, and I do see your point. And and like if Liverpool, it was six, it's sixteen years, sixteen, ugh. Mm-hmm. sixteen years since I've been in Anfield, um, which is a long, long time. Yeah. And if Liverpool were to say to me, right, we have your name, you're not coming for another sixteen, I'd actually be, you know what, that's fine, give someone else a spin. Um, I, I do think though that this time that I'm going is better than the last time. So let me explain. So the last time I went. It was my mom bought it, bought it for me, my dad, and my brother who are Liverpool supporters. She bought us this like package thing where you pay a company like $600 and it covers your uh, accommodation for the night before the game, bus to the game, you get the ferry over, all that. And that company buys season tickets, buys up season tickets and sells them on to people at inflated prices like that. Like I, my mom meant well, but I don't like doing it that way. These tickets we're getting are from the football club, Liverpool Football Club, mm-hmm. to the Brooklyn Supporters Club. Uh, we're I'm paying face value for them, and it's I was I oh, by the way I was picked out of a, a draw. Yeah. So yeah, so like I get the point. Um, hypocrisy, yeah, all right, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, but I it's definitely. Uh, how would I put it? It's a more ethical way than I feel than the last time I went. And I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want to pay. I'm not pricing anyone out. Put it that way. It's the same price that someone will pay for in Liverpool. It's not, I'm not uh, some kind of, it's not a corporate deal oh, where I have access to these tickets and I'm paying like six, $700 more. But if, if people, if people feel the way a generic name feels, that's, that's absolutely fine. All I, think I heard with that, that whole explanation, all I heard was the sounds of a man Twisting himself into a human pretzel. No, to no, no. Try to no, no, no. This. I think it should. I I think it should be made clear that I don't give a f- like. I'm going. I'm going to this game. That that is that is the point. But it's um, it, I probably won't go to. Uh, I will probably won't be in Anfield for a, a long time again afterwards. So will yeah, you apologize enough, to the to the okay. good soccer fans of Wisconsin? No, I won't. I won't. But that's just out of your own stubbornness. No, I, I was talking. I was talking about an overall problem. I didn't say I wasn't part of it. I didn't say. I, I actually think I did say that. I, I did say even fans from Ireland coming to the grounds like that. I don't know how good that is. I think I've even said that. My my point still uh, still stands. I'm in the system, guys, uh, and I'm a, I'm a product of that system. And at least I acknowledge it. Uh, and then someone else came after you, Rough Commander. Uh, they wrote in one of the animals on Reddit. JJ turns into an immediate Bills fan in the postseason. Weird, but okay. Uh, he then followed up. You wrote something back, and then he followed up by saying, "Never pictured you in this light." What's next? You're going to support Everton in the future if Liverpool fall out of like the Carabao Cup because their comedic tragic story going on. To each their own. How is that the same thing, though? First of all, the Bills aren't a rival of the Giants. They're not. They're not in the same division. They're not in the same conference. They're not. They have history, sure, but they they're not a rival. I don't consider them a rival. Um, and uh, immediate Bills fan. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to take tickets away from the good people of uh, Buffalo to try and get to the to, to try and be at their playoff games or whatever. No, I I love watching them. I did. They're the most fat. One of the most fascinating, if not the most fascinating, stories in American sports. You know that they've been nearly men like so many times. Um, it's a. There's also something about the town. You know, it was. It was once. One of the Rust Belt towns, a place to be, and it's gone through hard times. And I don't know, I have interest in fan bases like that and places like that that are 
I I think they're proper supporters too. Why would it why would it be weird to um to want them to win? Or to... not it's not super weird. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's super weird. I, now me personally, I don't have there in any sport, I don't have a second team. Like when the when the Eagles lose, oh no, the yeah. only thing left is okay, well now my rooting interests are simply whatever prevents the other teams that I hate the most from winning. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how I am. Like whatever now prevents the Cowboys from winning or like, yeah. like, I don't hate the 49ers as an organization, but I hate this specific 49ers team. So you better, be- I may wear a Jared Goff jersey on Sunday. Like, so I root for those kinds of things. I don't have a second team. I think people might be surprised that you have a, this is the first time you revealed essentially that you have a second team. It's, I wouldn't say there, I wouldn't, uh, would I call them a second team? I like watching them. I like watching. Um, I, w- I like watching Allen a quarterback. I've I've got family up there as well. I visited the stadium like 12, 13 years ago. Um, and I want to go there for an away game, like definitely. But um, but if they're playing the Giants, I'm rooting for the Giants, obviously. Okay. Um, and also, I'm not a psychotic as psychotic a Giants fan as you are an Eagles fan. No, not even close. Not even close. So yeah, well, there you go. There you that's, go. I hope, those, um, I hope those explanations. That's another one I want to get rid of, though. Weird, but okay. It's just so, like, it is. A ma- oh, we've just created this world of ourselves of just, like, ugh, ick responses. Weird, but okay. Is it? I didn't need your I mean, approval. These are all, these are condescending responses. Like, that's what yeah, you're sure. trying to weed out condescension. And I think yeah. that's healthy to weed that out. That would create for a more harmonious way of of living a more harmonious society. So I'm with you on that, my brother in Christ. Um, JJ, I think that was the final spin of the wheel. I enjoyed that. That was fun. This is a fun way to do a podcast. I enjoyed that thoroughly. It is an FA Cup weekend. Uh, I know Tottenham plays Manchester City on Friday in what is probably the marquee game. Um, James Madison's supposed to be back for Spurs. So, so I'm it, pulling on boots on social media. And we've got... Uh, we. I saw him pulling on boots. Like, oh, oh, oh. actually yeah. sat down about to put football boots on, which yeah. is if you're uh, very exciting if you're a Tottenham supporter. Don't know if he's going to start, but he is supposed supposedly he's available for this game, which is yeah. hugely important for them. So this yeah. is um, I'm, I'm Liverpool of Norwich. I'm like, poor I'll be on Norwich. Josh Sargent watch for that. Yeah, he's poor Norwich well though. In fairness. Um, because like Norwich during the Suarez years, Norwich were a team that just got absolutely pumped on the regular by Liverpool. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So there you go. There you go. It was uh-huh. a fun, fun wheel of football. We'll enjoy an FA Cup weekend and whatever else this weekend has to bring. JJ, I enjoyed this immensely. To you, I say. Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.